Hello and welcome to the weekend update slash lunch club. Uh, we are here, we are in the Admiral Woods, um, uh, the new um, venture from the people who formerly ran the Admiral. Uh, fantastic people, um, get yourself along, it's a fantastic place. They are not paying us for this, but we are drinking beer and having a lovely time. Christian's not, he's on Coke. Uh, Christian Wolf, hi, how are you? I'm Chris Gallagher, by the way, everyone. Um, Christian Wolf, how are you? Hi, Christopher, how are you? It's nice to see your face in person again. It's been a while, I think. Hey. Can I just say, though, like, if it's in person, it's the Lunch Club. All right. I okay, think we tell, have to have that me, Tell me how to run my, my own fucking podcast. Okay. That? And that's why I'm... I mean, as a, a founding member of the Lunch Club, I just want to make that clear that... It was still my idea. In the stipulations idea, when we founded still, the Lunch Club. When we founded the Lunch Club, it was still my idea, pal. All right. <laughs> it's my idea, Colin. It was definitely my idea. Uh, Christian, it's a pleasure to see you. Um, and, um, yeah, it's good to see you. We're also joined by, uh, all the way, coming back from Australia. He was in Australia for a month. It's uh, Colin Kearney. Hello, Colin. How are you? I'm well, thanks. Good to be back. Yeah, thanks for having me back to the lunch update, which is basically just looking in a fryer, seeing how our chips are getting along. Absolutely. You could have gone with good. the weekend club. The weekend club. I could have done it. I, I went with the lunch update, Christian. Okay. I, just, I just took a... And we did a decision on the spur of the moment, and that's the kind of thing you need to be on the lunch update. That's it, exactly. <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ, apologies for everyone for the start. Uh, Speaking like a good start, I would say. Yeah. Speaking uh, like a man who's known Paul Collin for many years. Uh, we have got lots to kind of catch up on. We're obviously going to look ahead to the Ross County game. Uh, Christian's got some stats, and we can talk about tactics and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, yeah, we've got some news. Uh, got an opening question, though, that came for the, the weekly but um, we kind of didn't have time, so I said to Jambo Roy via WhatsApp, um, you can WhatsApp us questions uh, that would use it today. So, the question from Jambo Roy is, which one player would you choose in the summer, in the summer for each category? Um, sell ahead of time, in line with what Ange has said. Offer improved terms to reflect worth to the team. And absolutely close the door on offers regardless of price. It's, it's actually well kind of thought out, this one. Uh, let's start with sell ahead of time. In line with what Ange has to say, has it? Colin, we'll start yourself. <clears throat> Surprising nobody. <laughs> yes. I'm going to say Liel Abada. Yes. Uh, t- wh- why? Um, essentially, I think we need players that can perform at the big games, and I think the biggest problem with Abada is that he does not, uh, like, he seems to. I know he's scored against Rangers, but I feel that he quite often crumples under the pressure of bigger games. Um, and I still, but he still think he has a good monetary worth to other teams. Um, is this the perfect time to sell? I think so. Yeah, I, I think it absolutely is. I mean, it's absolutely. I mean, there's a reason we keep rounding back to him and talking about his uh, inconsistencies and how and how we feel about him. And I think let's just get that culture war out and sell him. Absolutely, I can. You know, I can agree more, uh, Christian. Yeah, but a bad day was too obvious to me. Sorry, Colin. Uh, I'm here for the low-hanging fruit. <laughs> uh, you're here for the fancy stuff, Christian. No, Abada is the obvious, you know, answer to that for a lot of reasons. What was Colin said as well. But you, you know me, Christopher. I like my decisions cold-hearted. Uh, Matt O'Reilly couldn't agree more. Without emotion, so far to fuck. Yes. Um, and looking at you know Joking. the peak value of a player that I think is important to the team but not integral to the system. So I would sell... Dyson Maeda, correct, absolutely. Cameron Carter-Vickers. Oh, fuck off, man. It just makes so, sense. Just, like, just when I think you can't become more of a... Sell ahead of time at the peak of the value, as Ansh is saying. Obviously, I think this is CCV's at its peak in terms of... You think so? Age. 
Well, in terms of his transfer value, I think he might be. It depends on the offer you get for him. But if, if you want to be ruthless, cold-hearted, if you get a good offer for Cameron Carter-Vickers this summer, and a good offer, I would say, eight figures, I go, yeah, let's do that. I invest the money in a really, really good centre-back who can also, uh, you know, trap a ball. Uh... I get your logic. Joking aside, right? Genuinely joking aside. I get your logic on that. But yeah, the logic is faultless. Yeah. You know, you're, really, you're a really hard person to like, man. Honestly. I haven't honest. seen you in such a while. Christ, um, really hard to like. See, really I was thinking that really having Christian, like. I was going to ask him about what the expected jokes level of a lunch club stroke weekend update would be. And if I know it's expected niggles, yeah. and oh, uh, I think it's, it's quite high. It's We're only five minutes in. It's yeah. expected asshole. To be uh, <laughs> now, in regards to Cameron Carver, that's why I'm here. <laughs> what I would say is, do you not think that, obviously he missed out in games in the Champions League, so yes. did Starfield. And I know we talk about that partnership and what, you know, what they could do and what they have done, and sometimes we talk about the limitations, but they didn't really get the opportunity to play a lot together in the Champions League. Yeah. Would you not say that having another crack at the Champions League with Carter Vickers would elevate him a little bit more? If he plays well in the Champions League. Yeah, but everything's a risk because he can break Champ- his leg tomorrow. But in the Champions League, I think he's been, he will become under pressured on the sides that's not his force. Right? So he will be put under pressure on the ball a lot quicker, harder. He will find that on the ball stuff. It's a lot more risky to do. So yeah, there's, there's a high risk, high reward if he goes and have a great Champions League. You, you get another. He, can be, he can be worth more, but he could also expose him a bit more if he's, you know, it, it's, it's, I think those kind of games last season as well show that, you know, if you put Celtic, if you put a really, really good organised pressure against Celtic, the, the centre-backs will struggle and it will struggle a lot more than, you know, what they would do domestically. But do you think that because CCV's already been down south, he played for Spurs, didn't get much time, didn't have a great time with it? Um, aye, Burnmouth to uh, is he really going to get that kind of money? Because I mean, the only the only league that has that kind of big money for a defender is arguably down south. I'd yeah. argue, I'd argue that every player that we talk about moving on is to England, and because when you think about, I, I just couldn't see an Italian team or even a Spanish yeah. team's paying ten yeah. million quid for Leo Labada. And that's the thing with CCV. I, I don't think. I think it's a very. As you say, I think you'll only get an offer eight figures for a centre-back at the moment. Especially ones that play in Scotland from England, potentially. And I also, and I think he might... But his reputation down there isn't sparkling because he's played down there, as Colin yeah. says. So that's why I think another year, another crack at the Champions League is potentially yeah. to add a little bit more to his value. I, I, this is not a thing like I, we need to get CCV out. I'm just saying in terms of this, you know, uh, theoretical exercise, if you get a good offer from this summer, I think you go... How many players... Are you, ne- are you ever going to get as good an offer from... How many, how many players... Do you, I'll, I'll ask you both this. How many player offers do you think we're going to get this summer? Because this is peak Celtic in regards to over the last two years. We're, we're putting. And if we go on the run that we th- all think we're going to go on, there, there could be a number of offers and that. That's fine. That means that everyone's performing well. But don't have to take them. Well, I think that's why we're getting this question, you know, yeah. that, 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 that we're sort of thinking, and I think Ange Postacoglu is prepared us for comings and goings. Yeah. So uh, I think we could see a few people leaving, but I'm not I'm, I'm not convinced that we're going to get a lot of big money offers. No. I think we're still going to get low-balled. Um, 
Well, I, I just mean how much, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, and I don't even want I, to speculate, but... I, I think the real star of this Celtic team is Ange Postacoglu. I think the system is, is the star of that. And why I think there's a lot of really good players in there that clubs would be smart to pick up, like Rio Tati is one, Kyogo is one. I think we probably still overestimate how much attention clubs pay to Scottish football, and especially the ones that we pay a lot of money. So, do you think? And, and I don't think any of those players has had a breakthrough, say, in the Champions League and so on. So you might get offers, but I kind of get the feeling this team stays together for another season. I think every Celtic fan would be would be sad that some of the players were leaving, but see, as long as Ange Postecoglou stayed for another year, I think exactly. that's the big tick. Uh, but I CCB for Christian, of course. Um, <laughs> Collins Abada, I would course. go Abada as well, but. Do you Again, know who, Collins, too, too obvious. Do you know who I would? I mean, know? I've got to be consistent. I've been saying Celebada for... I know. I agree with that. I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> By the way, if you go to the website, uh, www.celebada.com, I believe is under uh, Collins' tutelage. Um, I would say um, Matt O'Reilly. Oh, would you? Aye. Uh, who, who are you going to play? Aaron Moy? Or is it, no, uh, no, I'd, bu- I'd buy someone new. Okay. And also, uh, because you know we've got a slow David Turnbull, and he's just, what, a fast David Turnbull, so get him to fuck. Matt O'Reilly is uh, deceptively fast. I've turned. Matt O'Reilly is deceptively fast. That's what I'm saying. He's just just a fast David Turnbull. That's all he is. He's the opposite David Turnbull. No, he's just a fast David Turnbull, mate. He's he's a (laughs) handsome uh, No, no. You know, Matt O'Reilly... Let's think about the babe levels. We need to to start... We need to start freshening up this squad, and I, I really mean that. And I don't I'm, when I when I say sell Matt O'Reilly, I don't mean actively try and sell him. But if someone did come in in from with a decent offer, again, it's selling at the right time. Some people might say that the summer wouldn't be the right time because he could go on and have another very similar to Cameron Carter Vickers. I think this is the first time I've ever really thought this as a Celtic fan. I don't care who goes as long as we get a good replacement in, and as long as. The team improves. If Celtic sell Matt O'Reilly, I want them to use that money to buy someone who's a little bit better, you know, a a higher reach. And that's that's the system we all need to get used to, I think. I think for O'Reilly, with his age and that he hasn't maybe played as much as we thought he would be this season, I think his peak comes next year again, after next season. I think you can then you got, if he has a good season, if he plays in Champions League, I think his his value rockets is that. And you, you still got another year outdoor. Yeah, I know. All I'm seeing is the uh, Toy Story meme with Andy chucking Woody in at the bin. <laughs> Won't be needing you. I don't want to play with you anymore. Uh, I, I like Matt O'Reilly. I'm just, I'm just trying to get under his skin. Um, over, okay, so the second question was, offer improved terms to reflect worth to the team. Can I go first with this one? Rio Hatati. I think you give Rio Hatati. Offer him a ridiculous contract um, because he's a, he's a bloody good player. Um, I, I cushion. I've gone slightly different so I've looked at players who has two years left you went, on the contract you've went Montgomery haven't you so Adam Montgomery or well he, I, I could have gone to him because he, he is one of the players who's had got two years left of the contract so I think two years left of your contract you, you need to start thinking you need to get them to sign up otherwise you know they're going to start losing their value so I had a look at the players who contracts is up in, in 2025 and stop me if you think you should re-sign some of these we have Stephen Welsh Tony Ralston James McCarthy and James Forrest, all expiring the contracts in 2025. I, I would, on those, I would offer Welsh and Ralston contracts and I'd sell them. Okay. 
two more players, so he wouldn't say Ralston because he loves Ralston. Oh, let, we're playing to, fuck Manny Kill. Uh, <laughs> let's get to that later. <laughs> but there's two players with contracts who uh, expires in 2025 that I have very, very tough. If I had to choose one of them to new, give up Chinese great new contract to, because it's Greg Taylor, and it's Kyogo Furuhashi. I think both of them coming up to 2025, you should give them both a, a bumper deal this summer. Yeah, I think that's fine. Yeah, yeah. I, I, th- I think I think everyone would agree with that. I think. Oh, okay, a bit too obvious. Also, okay. Yeah, no, well, I okay. think you know. Being obvious isn't a crime. <laughs> yeah, I think Kyogo is everyone. Otherwise, I'm a mass criminal. <laughs> As am I. Um, I love Paul McStew. Shut up, <laughs> fucking idiot. Um, yeah, I think Kyogo. I think is a no-brainer. Of course, whether he signs it or not, or whether you know. I, I do wonder if, you know, we talk about Kyogo's profile, and we talk about his age, and we talk about the fact that you know he didn't necessarily perform in Europe the way we expected them to I wonder if that will put people off coming in for them I still take slight humbrage with the fact he didn't perform I'm not in, t- in the Champions League I'm, he I'm didn't a- score which I think is two different things ok right, fair enough okay. But he, ok well see ultimately genuinely when it yeah. comes to strikers what I think with Kyogo though is that with the age he is you have a chance to to it's not an international him. anymore. You have a chance to keep them. I think if you have a big bumper contract for him now, yeah, I'm sure you would like to go to England as well, but he's getting up to 28. I don't think you're going to get a huge offer for him. I think he can go down to the Premier League and do really well in one or two years, but I also think it's a chance if you push a lot of money, make him the star, and keep make, keep having him the star, he, he can stay two, three more seasons and almost finish his career. So. I think that would be ideal for everyone. Um, Colin, who would you have as your... Uh, in t- uh, improved terms. Well, I was thinking about this in in the question that's saying given their value to the team, but I think uh, we need to give improved offers to younger players like Rokova, and not necessarily in money terms, but in minutes terms. I think we need to address um, the issue of. I mean, we'll get to this later, but there's like a brain drain yeah. uh, happening from. Uh, the I love that under twenties and I absolutely love that. <laughs> Even though it's not good, I just think it's a good phrase. I get or groin strain drain. Is that better? Because it's football. Move on. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think I think we need to start. We we need to have some kind of um, program in place to sort of retain uh, youthful talent, and I think that like it has to be meaningful minutes, uh, and uh, because we've been looking at the future. What we need for our homegrown talent requirements in Europe, um, I think we need to start thinking about that quite seriously. Yeah, and you know, we'll come on to it, as you say, a, a good kind of point on that. Um, final one, absolutely close the door on offers, uh, Colin. Uh, Ring Fence Rio, I think it's kind of like that's that's the, o- that's the obvious thing to say, but I, I, I was also thinking about Kyogo as well. I think that, I think that there's something to be said for... Uh, I feel because he was the first of Andrew's signings to come in, we're almost a bit complacent about his position here and uh, we just think we've got him for good. Um, so, but I think Riyatate is essentially the sort of, the real kind of um, centre of the system which Andrew's built around, which you've rightly said. I, I've, I've gone for thing. the obvious choice in Riyatate. All right, okay. Uh, as, as well, I just think... One, because I think he's Celtic's best player this season. And two, because also for next season, that other number eight spot is still kind of up in the air a little bit. Because you've got, obviously, Aaron Moy, 
Matt O'Reilly, David Turnbull. Do you not look for a number eight? So that's why I think, but I think for next season until you have, I think he's integral to the system anyway, but he's also just one of, it, there's not like a first choice number eight next season already there kind of thing. Unless whereas, it's, whereas it's you had Callum McGregor. Yeah, but then, yeah, maybe, but I think in for all those, you know, recent sides, you keep Rio another year. I think with how Callum McGregor performs for Scotland and how versatile he is, it really does show that I reckon you could play him as a six for a lot of the games, but then when it comes to the really big European games, you could play him in, in, in the eight. You know, how about Awata and O'Reilly as the six and the backup six? I, I do wonder... After you've so cruelly throw him into the bin <laughs> in the bin I do wonder about this though because we often say this oh like oh we'll see for these European games maybe we can do this I don't think Ange would set something up specifically just for Europe I think I he, he, he yeah, might do a change I I, I and agree. he might change the roles a little bit but I think you'll see it mostly throughout the season he can't he can't be for maybe he'll be forced into something of course in single games but I do think Ivata McGregor might if that's his plan for the Champions League I think you'll see that in the, in the league as well, mostly. So I don't think he'll switch too much. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Um, th- th- this was a good exercise. Um, any other comments or points you want to make? No, I think I think it's yes. It was quite. Uh, it was a good question because it really made me think about what I actually think about the players on a on a less emotional basis. And uh, good. yeah, less emotions. Yeah. Um, I agree, N- Christian. Nuts to emotions your, <laughs> with your. Um, I love Matt O'Reilly. Um, <laughs> See, here's a question that's kind of came from my thinking around this question. There's part of me that thinks Ange would thrive on the idea of replacing this team. So see this team that he's built and this team that obviously is now purring. I think there's a... So we're going to talk about some comments from Lee Johnson. I don't know why we bring him up, but we'll bring up <laughs> Lee Johnson for a bit of fun. Um, he made comments talk about... Talk about brain drain. Yeah. Brain absence. Um, <laughs> brain absence. Uh, he talked about how, and I'll get the quotes when we talk, touch on that. About, in fact, you know what? Fuck it, I'll get the quotes now, right? Because they are they are pretty relevant. It's on uh, Ange Postecoglou. He says, "If I was Ange, I'm thinking to myself: At what point does it get too easy?" <laughs> I know that sounds bad, but you know generally if your boys are on it, listen, top manager, top club, top way of working, top philosophy, but their challenge would feel like Europe and competing in the Champions League. So it's up to clubs like us to make sure when we do turn up at Parkhead, they are frightened. So, you know, what he's saying is, oh, it's so easy. Um, You know, firstly, it's never easy. It genuinely isn't easy to be a football manager at any level. But also, I think from that point of view, I think Ange Postecoglou... I think he loves it here. I'm, I'm actually now at the point where I'm like, we talked about it in the weekly about you know offers coming in from and stuff, but like maybe this is his level. Like maybe he just maybe it's just perfect synergy. And the fact is, I think there's a part of Ange that would be like just just to kind of put that fucking exclamation point that me building this team wasn't a one-off. I built because I like managers building more than one team. Martin O'Neill built two teams. And the second team was better than the first team. And the first team were got to a European Cup final. Uh, you know, Brendan Rodgers was on the verge of building a second team. It didn't quite take off, etc., etc. right? I like the idea of Ange Postecoglou saying, no matter what you think about me, no matter what you, how, how you frame me, I built two teams that dominated Scottish football. 
And there's, I was just thinking about that this morning when I was coming in. And I was thinking, yeah, you see if he literally, obviously there's guys he wouldn't want to replace, like guys like Greg Taylor, who's his kind of, you know, lieutenant on the pitch and, you know, McGregor, of course. And then I'm thinking, well, who else? And I'm like, well, actually, he, could probably, he probably could replace all, everyone else. Those two I think he would probably keep. Anyway, am I talking nonsense? What's your thoughts? No, I think the current team, I think, is still in a cycle. I think, I don't think we'll see lots of changes this season, but I think you will come almost to a natural end of that cycle yeah. after the end of next season. So, I also think with Ange that I think he would go if he had the right club, but I think he will be very specific about the club as well. So, yeah, no, I, I think I obviously like the idea of having Ange for quite a while. And I think the ruthlessness in his nature lends quite well to, to a squad turnover. Like, y you need to have that ruthless streak to say, you're going to sell that guy, moving him, and to continuously improve him. Because I think there's... It is the like, managers get three, four years at the most now. But being there for five, six years done correctly, you can have so much benefit from that. You can ingrain yourself into the system so much. So even if you have half a season and it doesn't work that well, just everything's like, built around that. Yeah. Just think what Graham Potter would be doing if he was still at Brighton. <laughs> Ba-boom. Uh, what's your thoughts? I was thinking in this, in, in terms of the the ongoing speculation about him going down south to manage X Y Z. You know, this week it's Tottenham, and how I, I don't think anybody's really interrogated the fact is like like he is a team builder. Everybody before he came here, and he quite often refers to his his career and his previous teams. He's not somebody that just kind of. Uh, never makes a reference to anything else. He says, "Look at my career. Look at what I've done. Look at like look yeah. how it works." And he wants to build teams, and he and he it, wants legacy. Uh -huh. And um, if you look at when he first came here, and everybody was saying sacked by Christmas, lost the first bunch of games. If he did that down for the Spurs, he would be like he would be in the next like train out, out of Tottenham. <laughs> um, but you know, he wouldn't he wouldn't be afforded the time. It's it's too much of a pressure cooker. He is, I think he's a he's a an old fashioned manager with modern methods. That's a really good way of putting it. That's a really good way of putting it. Yeah, I I, I also think his his fuck up Christian. Um, <laughs> his, um, he was actually being nice. Um, but see his kind of can uh, uh, disconnect disconnect in terms of emotion and you know getting rid of players and all that and. He's, he's, I like the fact he's came out and went here. Don't get too attached to these players because they'll probably be going within eighteen months. And like, telling, speaking directly to the fans and being like, "This is how we do it. This is how we're going to do it. There's a whole process here. Don't worry about it." It's refreshing, and I know we're just at this point we're just kind of praising Ange Postecoglou. But what I'm saying is, if he did go, whether it be next season or the season after that, you do think someone comes in and they just don't give you that communication. And all of a sudden, you're back to second guessing everything. I just can't be fucked with that. To be honest, it's just I can't be bothered with the administration of that. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimately, um, let's kind of well, we can any yeah. Do you know what? Let, let's let's move on because we've got plenty to talk about. Um, the SPFL have have no plans to change the fixtures on the weekend of King Charles coronation, yes. uh, meaning Celtic will still have the chance to clinch the title on the same day. Sick for me. Um, so there's no plans. The governing body don't feel there is any need to move them with police resources only expected to be stretched around London. The Royal Celebrations are due to take place on Saturday, May the 6th, and it's also the first weekend for the split 
Um, the Scottish Premiership, Celtic can clinch the title on that day. If they continue their winning streak, the Championship here in England and the Premier League are both expected to postpone fingers, uh, fixtures. Terrific. What a, what a proud day for Glasgow Celtic. A nice gesture for everybody who might not win the league that day and takes a keen interest in royalty, I think. Yeah. So The only coordination I'm interested in is Celtic <laughs> being crowned champions, champions. of Scotland. Beautiful. Um, so that's I think that's pretty hilarious. Get, get, get it so far up them as well, I think. Um, so we're going to touch on what you were mentioning earlier. So Aidan Borland um, is a young Celtic uh, prospect that seems to be close to moving to Aston Villa. Um, he's worked his way up through the youth ranks at Celtic Park. Um, he's very impressed. But he's 15, um, and it's that whole big thing about signing professional contract. But I'm reading here that Borland wouldn't sign a professional contract straight away at Aston Villa. Rather, he would have to agree scholar terms before signing a professional deal when he turns 17. Um, you know, I'll be thinking about, you know... I've been thinking about this. This has always happened. You know, I think there's a real kind of focus on everything. Because football is, because media is so all-encompassing and people need headlines and they need to get eyes on their product, that this is just a wee guy who's signing for another club. I don't think it's that big a deal, Christian. You don't know? No, but I think in... Every single Niggle. one of those isolation. <laughs> All those cases in isolation, I think you can go, that happens. And it does happen. I think the worry is that the pattern is there and it has been for a while. And it's, yeah, it's hard to quantify that if it's, it's a bigger problem now than before. But I do think it is the specter of Brexit, one thing, that English academies are, are hoovering up everything they can. So in that way, Brexit is a disadvantage. Well, it's a disadvantage for most things. But Scottish football, that's the disadvantage because you've got all these English clubs going, look, the only way we might overcome this is to hoover up you know, players that, at that age that we can have them three, four years in the club and that you know, they're ours, they're, they have a talent, but they also they can then they become a homegrown player for, for them. The good side of Brexit is for Scottish football is that Scotland has no opportunity to have a more lax work permits. So, you know, you can bring players into Scotland easier than you can into England, and that can be the route. So there's the plus and minuses for that, but we talked about this on, on the review this week, that Celtic Which need... Which excellent, by the way. Thank you. Um, Celtic need eight homegrown players, right? Four of them have to be club trained. Four of them can be National team. National team team. So, for the Champions League, that 25 months, you need eight of them. And at the moment, I think, if you look at the squad, Cal McGregor, Greg Taylor. But other than that, the Scottish players are pretty much fringe players. James so, McCarthy and James Forrest and... Anthony Ralston, David Turnbull even, you know. So, it comes back to this word, Colin, the pathway. I think that we talk about the pathway all the time, and I think... And it's interesting to talk about what that actually was the pathway mean. And for me, like in terms of what I like to see from Celtic, what I think they can do. So, yeah, you can pick out these isolated cases and then that's fine. But to give yourself the best chance of producing those eight players that you need to, top-notch academy, right? And that means coaching, facilities, the support around that, be it personal, off and on pitch, 
Jack, Jack Ross, sorry to jump in, but Jack Ross has just signed for Newcastle. Now, yep. no matter what you think of Jack Ross as a manager, as a coach, he's really quite highly regarded, and yeah. he's just been put into Newcastle. So a manager who was managing in the Scottish Premiership is now a youth coach yeah. at Newcastle. So what Celtic need to do is be able to say, our academy facilities and everything around that is second to none, even with the Premier League clubs. None of us have experts in that. That's probably a tall order and probably not there, but I think that's it's got, Celtic have the resources to do that, right? I think that's one thing. The other thing, matching for those 16, 18-year-olds, what can you provide them in terms of matches? I think the Lowland League is, as we talked about before, but most importantly, you need they need to be part of the first squad. They need to be part of any manager's remit to give them minutes and have that as more of a central part of the criteria in which you give a manager a job, essentially. Cool. Well, talking about Jack Ross, that means Sean Maloney in coaching coaching the kids. How about uh, that? Get him, in, get him Yeah, I mean, Absolutely. he's a manager of Wigan now, I think. So get him sacked at Wigan. Get him so well. He'll be a on his own steam. Only kidding, Sean. Um, yeah, I think it's it's... Every it's not so much about we've all had a an eye on Borland as the next big star. I'd never heard of it's, him. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's more it's more about the it's the, it's about the kind of the, the black hole gravity of the EPL and um yeah, we need to find uh, new interesting ways to counter that. I think there's something interesting about the idea that when these kids come out he, just hear me out. Okay. When these kids come out the other end No, but what I mean is like Ew. so so, uh, yuck. But, like, not like so these academies are huge. And they've got lots and lots of players. And they're all not going to make it at Aston Villa. They're not all going to make it at Man City. When they come out the other end, they just might be better trained at a better level to then come back up here. Or to, could, could you look at it and try and potentially see it from a perspective of they go down there, they, you know, have four years training... They do really, really well, but maybe not be able to play at that level yet, and then they come back up here. Could I don't know. I, I, I'm just trying to because we can't stop it. The, I, even Christian, with all with all kind of respect in the world, these kids Celtic aren't going to give these kids time. They're just not. But, that, but that's the issue, though. Why can't they? Because they just won't. I know. I, I know. I, I agree. At the moment, that is the kind of culture around the club that everything you, is, is, is I you, think it's things that Celtic is still too short term no no of course yeah. but do you not think if there was someone who was outrageously good in our in our B squad that they would be in the first team already I, well so this is the thing with youth players as well I don't think you really know who can be good or useful before you put them in I, I'll, I know I use Kieran Tierney as an example a lot but you know before he actually had to put, put in and give him the chance you didn't know he was going to be that good. No, no, of course. So not. I, I think, but that is part of taking that step is is getting yourself minutes. So if you have clubs with a specific philosophy where that is has to be done, and obviously, yeah, it helps if you have a really, really good academy that produced them. But it's also you need to have a manager, or not just specifically a manager, because Ange doesn't give a fuck. No, and why should he? If that's not part of his remit, he wants to create the best team he can now. So he'll bring in somebody who's 27, 28, if he can, to make the team better. Complete, I don't blame him at all for that. But but also, if these players showed something 
They would break through. I don't know. I'm, maybe I'm old-fashioned in that. If you're good enough, you'll break through, son. And that probably is really old-fashioned. But also, there is a certain logic to that. But they need experience. I know, but it's just that not applied to clubs that are really good at producing players. Like, say, Ajax, say, everybody else and stuff like that. They, a lot of clubs give a lot more minutes to younger players than Celtic. And Celtic is a privileged position domestically where they could play a 17-year-old pretty much every week and they still be okay. Yeah, I, I agree, I agree. Um, <laughs> but, I no, but, but it is just, it is just a case of it just doesn't seem like they're getting to the age. So they're, we're getting the legs chopped away from us before. This 15-year-olds yeah. are being taken away. So, you know, you can't put a 15-year-old into Celtic and expect no. them to play. So you have to have a selling point for Celtic has to be able to show that why wouldn't you stay here? Why would you go down to England? I think that's essentially it. Yeah, we need, we, yeah, exactly. Um, any final thoughts? I just think that um, put Celtic first eleven into a new European Super League. Call them Celtic All Stars. Love it. Move Celtic B into the Premiership. Love it. Job Still done. Win it. Job done. Job done. <laughs> um, Still winner. So Albion Ayeti, our good friend. Oh potentially coming back but then there was a breaking article that Christian dro- you dropped in it, it to us curveball curveball that he might be staying uh, at, um, yeah so this is the um, Stormgrass manager coming out saying oh not, nothing has been decided about Albinetti he has been injured a lot but it hasn't been decided yet uh, essentially so seems to be a bit up in the air a good old Albion I'm going to get ahead of you saying that he's the best striker of all time and that Celtic you I know. can give you his XG per I'm, 90 at Stonegrass if I'm you going, want. I'm going to get ahead of that by saying uh, I read an article, but joke, joking aside, I read an article and there was a West Ham um, fan talking about their worst transfers over the last kind of, um, over the last kind of, you know, five years or something. <laughs> and Albion Ayeti was kind of, kind of high on the list. And in the article, the guy basically said, this this guy clearly has all the talent in the world. He's a really good striker. You saw what he could do at Baal. Um, it just didn't work here. And it didn't work at Celtic. And it doesn't really seem to be working at Sturm Graz. I mean, you do get to a point where you can throw all the stats at me in the world, but even your best pal, Ange Postacoglu, was like, <laughs> out the door. So, get up, you Christian. <laughs> yeah, I don't want him back. I don't know why he's looking at me. I don't think it's a coincidence that Alvin Ayeti is surname is similar to a famous cryptid, which is uh, a mythical, lesser-spotted kind of, like, imaginary animal. A yeti, Of course. And like an a yeti, he should remain fictional in the eyes of Celtic. And also, like a yeti probably does, he stinks. Yeah. yeah, uh, I mean, (laughs) you say that, but he did come off the bench and scored against Swarovski. T roll in the last game, so which is his third goal this season. Yeah, but he also so wore sunglasses uh, yeah. uh, when we when he scored uh, for Tyrrell um, <laughs> Innsbruck. Probably, I don't know. <laughs> I no, I, I mean, no, I mean, there's no path back to him. I think, it, it, especially with the, you know, as I said, Southampton only has 17 foreign players in, in the Champions League. With everybody who's out on loan, I think they got about 23 now. Um, wow, it's, it's not it's not a great fit anyway for it. So I would just. I would just give him away, to be honest with you. Just give him away. Just, yeah, just, just, yeah, give him away. If there's a way you don't have to pay his wages for next season, you do that. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I had a lot of, I had high hopes for a JT, and um, it didn't work out, and let's move on. Uh, Lee Johnson's a bit of a thrower. Um, <laughs> so there you go. Um, uh, he's just talking about how if some chic comes in, 
and takes over one of the clubs. But there's always the potential isn't there. He just talks like someone who absolutely has... Like, Andrew's was talking about the idea of, like, having, you know, reaching out and having aspirational ideas about what you can do as a football manager, as what you can do as a football coach. And, well, you know, this idea of, do you know what, reach for the stars, and if you can get there, it's fine. And he's like, actually, no, we just can't, man. We just can't. I mean, first of all, Lee Johnson would be, he would 100% be a, a very enthusiastic ambassador for Saudi Arabia if they took over. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. Fantastic great culture, great history, very <laughs> friendly people. Yeah, great. They're going to do great stuff. I mean, there's always going to be that challenge with that gap. But what we talked about before, like, look at a club like like Bulderglimt, right? They were almost bankrupt in 2010. They were relegated in 2016. That next year, they had, I had a look at this earlier, their income in 2017 was £4 million, about a year, right? But then they took certain sporting decisions, strategic decisions throughout that club that had a very clear plan, and they've gone and done it. And last season, they had the highest ever income of any Norwegian club ever, 33 million, right? From 4 million to 33, with all the right decisions done over that. Hibs, last year, income of 12 million, right? They have 17,000 people in every game. Bodeglimt had three or 4,000. It's not like you can't do stuff with that amount of money. It's not like you can't achieve stuff. Scotland's got automatic qualification to the conference stage, the Europa Conference League for a club like Hibs. Like, you can say that gap's always going to be there, but these, when clubs, appoint, these clubs can be run so much when better. you appoint Lee, Lee Johnson, Johnson <laughs> you get Lee Johnson. Uh, it's just frustrating, Colin, isn't it? Just that Scottish football, you know. And by the way, we've been guilty of it in the past with certain things that Celtic have done. I'm not. We are not immune to it. Mm. And Celtic's I, not run at its full capacity yet, even as it. So I, I, I agree as well. A, a, a complete point of ignorance, I would say. But I bet you any money, Bodo Glimt has a pretty good youth academy. You know what I mean? Well, tell you, what, Colin, that's exactly what the decision made in 2017. They're going to produce youth. They're going to produce, and that was going to be their main income. Uh, to produce players from other clubs, uh, local players from other clubs in Norway and the big leagues. By doing that, suddenly they produced a really, really good team as well. And they did Funny lots that. of things for yeah. So. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, so um, Lee Johnson. And also, uh, money doesn't solve everything. This is the thing. It's just like everybody's. It's not just Lee Johnson that just says this. Every single manager in the SPFL, was, uh, other than us, has been saying this. Yeah. And, uh, and we, the aforementioned Potter with all the Chelsea millions like just because you've got all the money in the world doesn't yeah. mean you can make a squad that makes sense that yeah. performs as it should do and, and a it's sh- like it's a huge difference financially between Livingston and Hibs yeah. <laughs> so, so, so what's the reason then yeah. that Hibs can't outperform I, Livingston I mean what I would say is before we move on is um, one of the best teams uh, outside of Celtic I've seen in, in, in Scotland is a team that had Scott Brown, Kevin Thompson, uh, Whitaker, uh, Murphy, uh, Gary O'Connor, Derek Reardon, and they all came through the Hibs Youth Academy. When Hibs actually developed players and actually kept them to, you know, and maybe their players are getting stolen by English Premier League teams and it's just not as reported as the Celtic ones, I don't know. But anyway, um, let's look at the game against Ross County on Sunday, it's a 12 o'clock kickoff. Um, just some updates it looks like um, Rio Hatati is going to miss out because 
he's not fully fit yet, and we're looking to get him 100% fit for the, for the derby, which makes a lot of sense. Greg Taylor and uh, Dyson Maida appear to be available, or at least they might be available. Abada and Adam Moy look to be fitness concerns. I'm sure we'll hear from Ange this afternoon in the press conference. Uh, Christian, what are your thoughts on this game? I have concerns about both those players' fitness, yeah. So, sorry, it was the question. Uh, I just yeah. wanted to make that joke. Uh, it was, uh, <laughs> you think you're being weighed? Uh, <laughs> do you not like Adam Moy? No. <laughs> uh, do you not like good f- footballers? No. No, I do. I do. Aye. Well, clearly, <laughs> clearly you, you don't, pal. Aye. No. What well, was the question? Sorry. Uh, the question is <laughs> such a t- um, Me, not you, by the way. Uh, general thoughts on this, going into this game. Ross County away. Um, is this a good game to go back to? Um, I think so. Ross County's. We'll get back to. It. I think they're one of the teams. I don't think they're gonna set in as much as Hibs or Aberdeen. Um, so I think there's a kind of game where if you do the things usually, you do them right, you do them well, you get space, and you know you usually get more than enough opportunities. And they're also a team that has, has very little going forward as well. So yeah, I mean, I'm not any more worried than any other teams. So I think. This team just keeps going like a machine. I think they'll do that on, on Sunday as well. Two wins in 15 games. Uh, Colin, how are you feeling about this? Ross County away. I emphasize away. Does it really matter anymore? Uh, not so much because our away record is almost as peerless as our um, home record. But I think I'm feeling fairly confident about it. I think Ross playing Ross County makes a good bookends because we look at just before the World Cup break, we had uh, a 2-1 win. We came back from being 1-0 down after a, uh, an interesting penalty. Um, so, And that's when we set up our nine-point lead, which we've maintained since then. So I think coming out of an international break, playing Ross County away, I've got no big fears. Uh, obviously, we're going to be pushed into a slightly different starting 11, which will be, that will be the real interesting point. I'm viewing that as a positive, but... Uh, some people might be worried about that, but I think that's an exciting thing. Yes, and we can pick a team in a moment or two. Um, they play three at the back, but that's going to be a five, I'm guessing. Yeah, I mean... Are they, going to, are they just going to line up? The interesting with Ross County is, like, the first two games this season, they play the four at back. And so they play a 4-2-3-1. Yeah. And I don't think that's the worst idea against Celtic, actually, if I had to line them up, because, well, obviously, you take away a man in the middle. What you do... Do you can put the fullbacks on Celtics wingers, and you can put your wingers on Celtics fullbacks, and you can follow them. Whereas what you get with a lot of these five at the back system is that okay, you double up, you put more players in the middle, but you're kind of leaving yourself a little bit short in terms of picking up one or two of those fullbacks, so they can move into those areas. So, but I think yeah, I'll go five at the back again. Uh, I think the main thing with Ross County is more they're probably one of the most extreme man marking blocks you'll get uh, and uh, but yeah I expect a 5-3-2 yeah um, I mean it, it's kind of it, it gets harder and harder to preview, preview these games just because teams kind of seem to line up um, Ross County the, themselves are I didn't realise they were they're only two points off the bottom Dundee United obviously kind of got out of the bottom uh, half um, they got out of the bottom position but now they've dropped back in so they've got Ross County have got um, 24 points Dundee United have got 2 um, they as I say they've, they've not won in the last game the last victory was against Dundee United at home um, what can we expect from them Christian really 
that's going to be different from anyone else. Is there anything? We go on and on about this on, 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 on the review is that apart from Rangers, I think it is now Hibs before around Christmas time, it's the last time Celtic played against the back four, right? So the only thing you're really getting now is the variations of this 5-3-2 system. And whereas before, I think like the couple of first league games of Ross County, the, the, the thing you might remember is, as I said, very extreme man marking. But with that, they leave one man free. And that is one of the Celtic centre-backs. So you had these... It was actually CCB and Jens who played in both league games against them. And they would have the whole the pitch... Like, yeah, I think I called him one of those, you know, one of those things you get in the airport, you know, the rolling pavements. You stand on that, you get all the way up to about 30 yards because every single other Ross County players is man-marking everybody else in Celtic's team. So I think that's what you've seen in the last few games. So their 5-3-2 is a bit more extreme man-marking than, than other ones. How they watch when they played against Rangers, and they did a slightly different because they got, they got to Wolf on top, Eamon Brophy now. Uh, and he... I think with him, there were le- at least against Rangers, they were trying to stop the centre-backs come out a little bit more. So they used the two strikers to do that. But Brophy still kind of covering like the, the deep pivot. So Cal McGregor and, and, and this team. So trying to do a little bit different, but they still have this very element of players following players. like, And especially the midfield tree. So just one example maybe to look out for in this game is when they played against Rangers, Cantwell, who plays as in, like one of the number eights for, for Rangers, he would come really, really wide and deep on the left-back position. What would happen then is normally you would, I think a bit common sense, would just say if you're marking Cantwell then and you're a midfield player, you just stay in the middle. Like, let him go out down to the left-back's position because what's he going to do there? Ross County, nah. Follow, follow him. Follow him. So this happened a lot of times. Cantwell dropped down. Uh, Latore, I think it is, that number eight on Ross County. Falls them, and what essentially happens then is because the other two midfield players for Ross County follow the other uh, Rangers number eight, but also like a guy like um, Kent who comes inwards. Those three picked them up. So these three midfield players might be like spread all over the pitch. So you get these big, often get these big spaces in the middle. If you get someone like Cantwell dropping deep, so in a Celtic, okay, if Rio Tatis maybe not playing, but say if if Matt O'Reilly's playing and he's coming down to like a left back position or right back position. You'll get people following him. So you get, then you have people like Greg Taylor and Al- Alistair Johnson who can pop him to those from, from inverted areas. So I think that's what you want to do against Ross County. You want to kind of exploit the fact that they're just... <laughs> once they stick to you, they stick to you. All right. Um, we've got a potentially exciting, Colin, mm-hmm. personnel choice. Absolutely. Because Adam Moyes unavailable. Rio Hatati looks like he's going to be unavailable. Are you looking at McGregor and... a you know, get both your thoughts on this, but Colin McGregor in the eight with our good our good friend Awata in the six. Is that something you'd be interested in? Can I can I can I sell that to you? I you don't need to sell it to me because it's written here in my childish scrawl. Talk me through it. Um, so yeah, it's Awata in the six. Cal Mack and uh, Baba O'Reilly um, sort of ahead of him, and I think this is what I was saying. I think there's there's something about the. Some t- you know, uh, necessity is the mother of invention, and I think that with our current injury problems and the squad depth, that I think we were worried about. Oh, there he is! There he is on the screen right now. What's oh, he saying? He um, on the screen. And 
So we used to worry about these kind of like wholesale changes that Andrew's making, but I think recently we've become, we've become a bit more loose about these kind of changes. Um, and I think we're going to see a very different kind of squad. And I was thinking that we need to, after the um, the turgid kind of Hibs 10-man sort of experience, I think it'd be quite interesting to see a, a very different starting eleven. but I want to see some free-flowing, cobweb-blowing football. Freshness, yes. Yeah, and I think that I'm looking forward to seeing Haksabanovic hopefully start uh, with Jota and Kyogo, and I think that that is a front three that fills me full of joy, joy and excitement. Uh, up the back, this is the thing. Up the back. Up the back. Oh. They all accept because normally we <laughs> say that the you know we, quite often when we're going through this lineup prediction, we always say oh it just picks itself, but this time maybe it's not picking itself so much, and I think we need to um, we're going into the cliche alert the business end of the season. I think minutes are important for all our squad. We can see that injuries are kind of piling up a wee bit. Um, I think Andy Ralston, you know, I'm a stand, but he's had a disappointment with the Scotland team. If he's fit to play, I think if we can, if we can do it against Ross County, then you shouldn't be anywhere near the squad. So I would like to see Ralston get some minutes. Oh, Christian, you'll love that. Uh, absolutely. Um, keep AJ in prime condition for the derby the next week. Um, the only sort of I think I'd like to see Starfield and Kobayashi. Uh, I think that. That would be. Um, I think this is a wild lineup, by the way. I know. Fucking. That's what, I'm he- that's what I'm here for, though. <laughs> I'm not here for like. I'm not, not here for the obvious stuff. <laughs> I thought you were here for the obvious stuff. I know, but low hanging fruit also involves saying really stupid things about lineups. And, I know that. Uh, yeah. You know, so know. come on. I'm. It's the Corrick model, guys. Um, but I do. See, I would. Uh, I would like to see Greg Taylor start. Um, Despite my wildness, I don't want to see Bernabe start. <laughs> with, with the, um, you know, obviously the Derby's next week, and it is obviously this is the last kind of chance to, you know, give people minutes before that. So guys like Hitati, you wait to the last minute before you can see whether they'll play or not. And he's played so much football this this season that he'll he he'll, he'll be match fit if he's available. Um, others maybe potentially won't. Um, Christian. That midfield three of Awata and O'Reilly and McGregor, I imagine it would excite you. Um, certainly excites me. The idea of O'Reilly and McGregor playing together, which is something we haven't seen. Um, Awata, he's a guy that essentially I've really liked and I know a lot of people have liked when he's came on. Is this his time to shine? Yeah, no, I, I essentially had that in my notes in terms of, I think since it is the last game for the Derby because they haven't been had a game in two weeks. I don't think. Although I'm, I'm enjoying Colin's uh, narrative here. Uh, I think I, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> I think he'll go with the team he wants to play against Rangers. Obviously, with you know, with the changes he's forced into. So, so, so Maeda and Hatati being the two. Yeah. So I think Maeda, uh, if he's not quite fit, you can Axabanovic. I think I think Maeda is if it's fit and if it's intended to play against Rangers I think it will be I think he'll play um, so if Moy can play because I, I think if Moy's fit he'll he'll play him because I think he wants to play him against Rangers but yeah so I think but you must hate that 
No, I think it will. <laughs> you must I hate, wouldn't pick him. You must <laughs> <But> hate that. <laughs> um, well, that's Ansh's job. Uh, actually, I actually lip-read what Ansh was saying on the screen there, and he said he will never, ever sell Cameron Carter-Vickers, oh even for £100 million. Pounds. Jesus. And anybody who thinks otherwise is a complete fucking idiot. No, I, just, I just thought it was really cool the way he kind of got on telly just actually, he actually pointed to that. at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, even though it, this is an Altia. Um, but yeah, Ivata, I'd, I'd love to see him a, like a proper start as well. Um, I don't think, I don't, sorry, Colin, I don't think there's going to be any changes in the back line. I don't um, think there will be. The thing is, like, well, if you say there's a way, if you really, 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 really exactly the same apart from Ralston if and Kobe really, 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 really have to change one fullback, it would definitely be Bernabeu and not Ralston. So there you go. I, <laughs> Ralston might not be available, as we've said. Ralston Erasure. Who scored the most important goal? Or is he ever available? County? Is he ever Every truly available? available? Who, who, so. can, can I ask you a question, Christian? Who the <laughs> fuck do you think you are? <laughs> you know, you just said my name. Uh, you know who, who I am. You know exactly who I am. I know, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's why I get on the pods. That's why I say, so. Yeah, you, you, you need to listen to Crying into his ratties. I don't know what uh, Christian is basically Woody Woodpecker. He's uh, an let me give you a, I don't an know if you know this reference. It's called a heel. All right. Oh, so. You are in absolutely no way a heel. You're what we call a tweener. Between, I don't you were, know you were, try, you were I trying don't know, to. I don't know. You were trying is. to appeal to Gal. I know. I was trying to be like one of the kids. <laughs> one of the kids. One of the very old kids. Well, it is WrestleMania weekend. Um, in Hollywood, my dad is saying. My dad has informed me it's, it's something to do with Hollywood. It's in Hollywood, yes. My dad's a big wrestling fan. Is he? Yeah. Yeah, it's in Hollywood. He stays up in Malaysia to watch it as well. Especially when he was traveling around Asia um, uh, about 15, 20 years ago, people um, mistook him from The Undertaker a lot. He, he modeled his look on The Undertaker. Oh, that's wow. that's so, so wild. That's so. mental. But I know. Good. I'm the normal one. A leather one. singlet. <laughs> With a bandana and everything. Yeah. <laughs> you're, the, you're the normal one. That's, that's and Anyway, um, joking aside, is there any kind of other kind of things we should look out from this Ross County side? Uh, you know, High, is it going to be a high press or are they going to let us go? Obviously, famously in the game at the start of the season, they, they let us really come into their half. Yeah. They let our centre halves really kind of come up before any sort of triggers. Will it I, be the same, you think? I think so. I, every week I keep hoping for a four, maybe a four at the back. I don't think so. I, I do wonder if. I think Malcolm Mackay kind of fancies himself. And, and I do wonder if the one kind of interesting tweak I've seen on the five at the back was in Johnston. Because they went three at the front, really, and they kind of put those two wide players in the Colin, you like this in the half spaces, you know, but not quite out on the wing, not quite in the middle, and they, they kind of dimmed up quite well for Celtics um, fullbacks coming in and doing that, and that, that quite so. You do wonder if he's going to do something, like that, even just go four at the back and just mix it up a bit, because for all the clubs that tried to go five at the back against Celtic, and they they probably avoided a, a pounding, but it's not like they're picking up results. That's it, so. No, absolutely. Uh, Colin, final thoughts on the Ross County game? I think we're going to see dominance. I think we're going to see Callum McGregor thriving in the eight, scoring a goal after his wonderful performance for Beautiful. Scotland early in the week. I think we're going to see an absolute hat trick. And Andy Austin absolute schooling everybody. <laughs> About how to be. Colin's going to bring Anthony Nelson to one of these and he's going to kick your head. Yeah, I know. It's going to be. I'm sure, I'm sure Tony's lovely in person. 
I'd you love got to hang you out with him in the pub. These, you got to lean into Especially these Especially during the game. I'd love to hang out with him in the pub. <laughs> so. Oh, so. shots fired. And I think quite good, to be fair. Uh, Jota and Haksabanovic are going to shred it on the wings. Can't wait. Shred Can't wait to not see this game because it's my mum's birthday. Happy birthday, mum. Happy birthday, Collins, mum. Are you, are you not, sorry, sorry, you're saying you're not going to watch it? I'm going to uh, try and watch it and catch up and avoid the score. Nice. That's what I was. Nice. I, I did that in Australia. I watched most of the, the live the games live in Australia. But um, what game was it? The heart was it Hearts? Uh, and it was at four in the morning. And even I didn't. I just watched it in the morning. Quickly, quickly tell us about watching the League Cup final. Oh, it was amazing! I, I uh, Perth CFC. Tara and I went to yep through our um, through our connections through Tara's family. You know, like. Uh, the Irish Mafia getting us into the Perth CSE. Um, really weird watching the game with an 11 p.m. kickoff. I tell you what, um, there were a few burst coupons. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there was, but it was it was a great atmosphere. It's also really nice to be able to watch a game like that. Like the, I'm talking specifically about the cup final here, um, and just react to it and just the kind of feral way that you do, and not worry about. No, anybody there. Ah, <laughs> love it. Uh, listen, this has been tremendous. Uh, the weekend slash uh, weekend update slash lunch club. Um, genuinely, it's a lunch club. Okay. Great, great joy. Um, and we'll be back next week as well. To obviously, the build up to the derby will start on Monday. Um, Colin, pleasure as always, sir. Thank you. Thank you so much. Great to be back. Christian, pleasure as always. Pleasure. I'll see you tonight for the recording of. I didn't even finish that. Beyond the scoreboard? We've got Beyond the Scoreboard uh, um, recording tonight, and it'll be available tomorrow. And then on Sunday, we've got the reaction to the Ross County game. Reaction panel will be myself, uh, Christian, Chris Sermani, and uh, Lorenzo Pacitti. Um, Celtic FC women take on Patrick Thistle at the Excelsior Stadium on Sunday at fucking 12 o'clock, 10 past 12. So all the momentum that people were got from the, the game on Monday... People are going to watch the men's game over the women's game, which is understandable. I just don't know why they shoot them. Not the Celtic FC women, just the league as a whole. But we could be here all day talking about how Scottish football shoots itself in the foot. But we won't. Colin, pleasure as always. Thanks again. Christian, pleasure as oh, always. Pleasure's all mine. See you soon. Uh, from Colin, uh, Kearney, from Christian Will, from myself, Chris Galler. This has been the Weekend Update slash Lunch Club, and we'll speak to you down the road.